יופי. אוקיי, okay, here we can pass these around. I think we have just about enough. Okay, good morning everybody. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Bina, for setting the house up so nice. So, back to Reb Tzadok, but back in a way that I'm, I'm very excited. We are going to be doing today something that it will... So, we're going to be doing something today that it's going to help us understand, get, get a little bit more, get a little bit more closer to who this Tzadok was. Who Reb Tzadok kind of Lublin was. And in the first year that we did, we, we did an overview of his life. It was pretty far out life, very, very not uh, unconventional life. And it, it showed us that his, his mastery of the, of the whole Torah, like everything, was right there. Someone once came to one of the Ger Rebbeim, and this person was involved in printing Rebbe, uh, Rebbe Tzadok's Torahs. And they asked, they asked him, uh, which sefer should we, should we do out of all this form of Rebbe Tzadok? He says, what are you talking about? You print it all out. Print everything. Because everything is in every single piece. And that's why Idafka I, I choosing in this year, in this series, not to do one of his farm, although I do have one that I think, you know, if we're still learning this in like 20 years from now, I'll say, okay, after we covered, I have a whole overview. There's one safer I, I would like to one day just tackle from, that, from, from, the, from the beginning. But what I, what I, now we have Baruch Hashem's farm that help us that have done that work of looking through all the Svarim of Reb Tzadok and pointing out specific teachings of his to help us understand what I believe is certain things that were clear to Reb Tzadok. Now, one thing that was clear to Reb Tzadok, and this is an important thing, and I want you to think about this. When I say about somebody, they knew who they were. They knew who they were. What comes to mind? What kind of a illustration of that? How do you define a person that you say, they know who they are? What would you say? Confidence. Confidence. Maod. They know what they have to be doing here. Their shlichas was clear to them down here. Content. Content. Yeah, something like that. What's that? So they knew their kochot, they knew what they were chalashin. What, what did you mean by content? Like uh, inner calmness, mm. like, uh, just uh, serenity. Which, 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 all over the place, and yet he was so, it seemed like he was so clear. And when I, when I say, it seems that Reb Tzadok Mamish knew who he was, so it could be that all the things that we're speaking about have to do with knowing who he was, um, knowing his midot, knowing the stuff, he was strong, and knowing the stuff, he was weakened. Yecholiot, namet yecholiot. What I want to show, what I want to learn with you today is to see how Reb Tzadok was so clear, was so clear who he was as a Jew. What does it mean to be clear that you're Jewish? 
What does it mean to be clear that you're Jewish? In today's day and age, you're generally clear about being Jewish when an anti-Semite comes and says something. And then suddenly you have a, a clarity about your, your Jewish identity. Not, not us, I'm saying. A lot of, in the world, right? And that obviously is a very, very, very outer, outer layer of what it means to be clear about who you are when it comes to your Zahut Yehudit, your Jewish identity. I, we're going to see a few different pieces here, how Reb Tzodok will show us what does it mean to be to know who we are as Jewish people. Pashut Ma'ot. So this is, this is going to be, it shouldn't be that, it shouldn't be that hard. It's, it's actually some very beautiful, beautiful pieces from a few different farm of Reb Tzodok HaKonim. And I'm sure it's things that perhaps you've seen in other places or that it's already clear to you it's just good to be reminded about the person that we're learning from, how he felt about his identity. So the first, I know it's two-sided, the one where the first word is v'zehu. So this first piece is a, is, a, is a quote from a sefer, as you see at the end of this paragraph, called Resise Laila Os Nun Gimel. And this is, this is wonderful. This is just so, uh, uh, what I find so beautiful is that Reb Tzadok over here is talking about himself, but what he's kind of saying is that if you're reading this, that probably means you're Jewish. And if you're reading this, that probably means this is for you too. So he's not just talking about himself, he's not talking about himself, but only someone that feels like this can talk like this. Okay, only someone that feels like this can talk like this. So look at the first piece. What is the constant simcha that a Jew has? The fact that they were created a yid. And they were planted in the garden of Hashem to bring glory, to become glorified and to bring glory to the world. Zerayakov, the seed of Jacob. Now look at these words. V'zeu simcha she'ein etzev ima. This is very interesting. Tzaddik says, this type of simcha, if I stop everything in my life, and I, I, I stop all the bilbulim, all the things I'm confused about, and I say for a second, wow, I was born into this garden, I was planted into this garden of Hashem, and... This is a constant state of simcha. And I, I just stop with all the other questions I have in life for one second. Reb Tzadik is saying, what does that say to you? What does that do to you? Does it do anything to you? The fact that you woke up in the morning and you said, not moda'ani, that's, that, we're not talking about that. But the fact that, I mean, in Birkos HaTorah, Asher Bachar Banu Mikol Amim, all these, all these brachas that have to do with the fact that I am part of Am Yisrael, so the, the, the sad state that we live in, of living in the world of Galut, is that when I say those Birkas HaTorah, 99% of the time, once I say them, I feel more of, I was Yotzei Yedei Chova, as opposed to what, those, what that consciousness should do to me. Because if I wake up in the morning, and I speak out the fact that this is my bag, Reb Tzodek says, Zeu Simcha She'ein Etzev Ima. This is a happiness that should bring, that should, it should be planted into a person that has no sadness with it. So the question is obvious. 
What is the other type of happiness that he's, that he's not referring to? Because what's the other happiness? Simcha. Sheyesh etzev ima. You understand? He's saying this happiness of recognizing I am part of Am Yisrael, just thinking about that, is a simcha she'ein etzev ima. There's no, there's no layer of sadness that, that, that's part of this. Okay, that means there are happiness, there's, there's places of simcha, she'yesh etzev ima. Like? Some t- not in this simcha. Right. But in others, in other, that, that's the question that we have. Exactly, that's the question. What is so? What what is that? What is a simcha sheyesh etzavima? What's that? Give, give, give a little bit, let's bring it down to examples. So when you make a choice, and it's a good choice, you're missing out on other choices. You're making Aliyah, right? No. Simcha she'en. Oh, oh. Simcha. Simcha. Uh, what else? So let's think for a second. Being as a parenting, like Reb Shlomo once said, like this: If being a parent doesn't fill your heart and break your heart at the same second, you don't know what parenting is all about. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's a sim- but it's also it's also sweet, right? <laughs> right. But like being a parent, for me at least, uh, and my sister, we talk about this all the time. You're just forever heartbroken. As happy as you are, there's always there's always something that's heartbreaking. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> just so, me. But. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna sharpen this nikuda, because simcha ein etzev ima can mean that you're heartbroken, but not in a bitter way. Not, not in a bitter way. It's, it's not bittersweet. It's, it's a heart-opening sweet. I guess it's a little bit different. This, what he wants us to focus on is that there are many, most things in life really are, even the good, it's bittersweet. It's true. And all the examples that were given here. But just the fact that I was planted in Hashem's garden as a Jew, Ebtelech says, you have to realize and don't bring me the whole tire of, oh, you know how hard it is to be a Jew. That, that's not what we're talking about. Just the fact, just the mere fact that this is, this is our lot. Now, then you can go further in saying, and saying, and that we live in Eretz Yisrael. And it keeps on getting sweeter and sweeter. But Tzadok did not live in Eretz Yisrael. As we know, he tried to make Aliyah over here. Remember when we learned in his biography is that his the letters that were being sent by his brother, the Hasidim stopped those letters from being received. Therefore, he thought that the plans were off, and therefore he never ended up making Aliyah, and he stayed those last 22 years, I think it was, of his life in, uh, in Poland. So, Zeo Simcha She'en Etzabima, third line, Ve'en Shum Davar HaChotzetz U'Me'akev Ba'ad Simcha Zu. You know what a Chatzitza is, obviously, right? So there's nothing that comes in between us and that simcha, that simple simcha. What simcha is this? Shezachalu liyot chelek belokim chayim. 
that this we merited being part of the living God. How did we start this year? Reb Tzadok knew who he was. Reb Tzadok knew who he was. Therefore, he could go through whatever he went through. And it can only reach a certain place of how he viewed the trials and tribulations of life. Because if this is the underlying factor of my mitziyut in this world, this is a simcha that has no etzev. Hard has nothing to do with a simcha. Hard, remember, hard, easy, those are not terms we're using in order to... That doesn't, that doesn't mess up the state of a simcha. And Rabbi Tzadok knew who he was. He knew that being that this is the greatest simcha in the world. And I feel it's so important. I've said this so many times, how often I always want to stop shul, give a clap, and just say... I would probably quote this, 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 this paragraph now, like, Wow, this is our lot. I guess when Breslov is screaming Ashreno, they're saying, you know, something something similar could be. So that's that's Aleph. Reb Tzadok knew who he was, and when you know who you are, you're plugged into a simcha she'en etzevima. Now this is going to be all these things are going to be very important for us to continue. I don't like to use say the word decipher because I don't think that he's a code but to kind of crack into this world of Torah, of this tzaddik Gaon, who kept on writing and writing and writing Torah for throughout his life while he went through such crazy wanderings in his life. Next one. Second, second piece is from a, his sefer, Pre Tzaddik on Kedushas Shabbos. Oh, sorry. Pre Tzaddik on Parashas Mishpatim. Ve'lo yesh shum adam Yisrael. No Jew should ever have Yehush. Why? Because the Jew has to know, Ki HaKadosh Baruch Hu chishev machshavot, levilti yidach mimeno nidach. Because whatever place of despair you may have entered in right now, a believing Jew believes that there was already a way created to get out of this mess before I even got into this mess. Emuna 101 by Reb Tzadok HaKoyen of Lublin. This is a gewalt. A Yid believes... That he doesn't deny the mess you're in. He's saying, that's real. Yeah, like sometimes people tell you, and I, I can't stand this. They think it's like, you think you had it bad? And then whenever someone starts with that lashon, right? Or, and then they'll either go to, compare, comparison, bless you. They'll go to, I don't know. I mean, unfortunately, they'll go to the Holocaust. They'll go to uh, what it was like to live in Yerushalayim in the Tzkufa of the siege. Or whatever it is thinking that that's going to get me out of like feeling that it's hard right now. No. There, is mo- there are moments that Reb Tzaddik says, it's true. The, the, the feeling of yeush, of despair, feels pretty real. It feels very, very strong. It feels very mamashi. But you have to remember, a yid knows who he is. So that means a yid knows that before I got into this mess, there was already a master plan that was set up for me to get out of this mess as well. What that does to the psyche is unbelievable. I remember one of the shirim here, he spoke about this idea that Rav Tzadok um, explained how, how he envisions, <clears throat> I was thinking about this recently, how he envisions, like there's, we're going to get out of this situation, right? Um, it's not going to stay this way, so just envisioning what that might look like, mm-hmm, what that would be like, mm-hmm. and so there should always be simcha 
Like but through the power of vision, yes, yes, yes. Well, eventually, we'll get out of it. So let's just like imagine us being there already. <laughs> right? It was, it was something along those lines. It was, it was. Borrowed time. Mm. Borrowed time from the future. So, yeah. so that, no, but, but it all, it, it very much all that we're in right now. The fact that we're in this mess does not mean that we necessarily we did something necessarily wrong, by the way. And that's a chiddush too. When we get out, nachon. But let's talk about while we're in it. We're still in it. A shlav aleph isn't. How do I get out of here? What shlav aleph? <laughs> You're very optimistic. <laughs> what shlav aleph? <laughs> I want to catch you on a on a, on a bad thing. What? Acceptance from Right, so Shlav Aleph is this is this is this was part of something. Wait a second, not how do I get out of here? I'll get there in a second. Shlav Aleph is there is like the poet says, there must be some kind of way out of here. (laughs) Said the Yid to himself. (laughs) Only a Yid could write such words. There must be some kind of a way out of here, right? That was Bob Dylan for those of you that didn't uh, didn't catch. Okay, that's a very no, there must be some kind of way out of here. That that's Emuna. Hashem Tzadik is saying Hashem already thought of a way for you to get out of here. I why so if you already thought of me the way to get out of here, we could have stopped, we could have saved you know, could have saved those whole Meshagas and not get me in here. You don't run the world. Baruch Hashem. Hashem has a plan for any possible choice that you might make. Right. right. Exactly. That's, his, that's exactly his point. Right. Any possible choice that led you. And I want to say even more than that. Let's say it wasn't even your choice. Sometimes we're thrown into situations that were not our choice. We're thrown into there. Those are much harder to deal with. The ones that like we can't say, oh my God, look what I did to myself. We're thrown into realities. We're thrown into situations. So It didn't seem like it was our Bechira. At all. What, what, where's my, where is my Bechira at that moment? Okay, so now I have a choice. So that says, a Yid's choice at that moment is to remember, even if I did not choose to go in here, Hashem already planned a way for me to get out of here. Now, there's a beautiful word. It's hard. It's, it, it's good not to say this in Elul in Tishrei, even though it's about Elul in Tishrei. And it's a Torah from the Rav Shetzerah. says, we know that no blade of grass moves in this world unless there's a malach up in Shemaim that says gadel, that says grow, move, right? So Reb Tzadik says, so what, is, uh, Reb, so Reb says so what does that say about our averas? Right? What does that say about our averas? So do, what, do, what do they call out in Shemaim right before I do an avera? Do they say, wow, so now the Shloim is going to do an avera right now. So the Rav says, obviously, you can't. They, they don't speak bad things in Shemaim. So what do they call out in Shemaim before a Jew makes a bad decision? They said, wow, I'm just talking about myself. They're saying, Shlomo just paved, is about to pave a new way of tshuva that never existed before. <laughs> <laughs> I love that teaching. Now, what's the danger of saying, the truth is even today it's dangerous saying such a thing, because I can... 
I can continue my day by saying, let me see how many new ways of tshuva I can, I can create for the world. Uh, you had your hand up, yeah. I can't stop thinking about where you're from, by the way. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> That's the danger of going into this world because this world of thought because I can come to a conclusion that God wants me to sin. Correct? I can come to that conclusion based on this way of thinking. That's the danger of it. Yes, you know, you know who's the first one to ask this question? This is a Torah from Reb Tzadok also. The first one to kind of pose this question was, let's see who knows, was in this last Pasha. Who was the first person to kind of mess around with this? No. Huh? Kain. Why? What did Kain say? Right. Now, Kain says, after he kills Hevel, am I my brother's keeper, right? What is he really saying? You're my brother's keeper. And if you didn't want this to really happen, it wouldn't happen. Right? That's why I don't that's why we don't go there, because then where do you go after this? We're responsible for our choices and yet and yet in the and yet the and and yet Hashem runs the world. So this is and already. Also, we're not a blade of grass. Like Hashem created us. We're a different creation than nature. Meaning, Hashem gave us consciousness and the ability to make choices. We don't operate only by instinct and and nature. We're we're above that. Nachon. We're we're the creation that's like between how much you know, between human and between and nature and and God. Godly. Nachon. God forbid, yeah. Struggles are from Hashem. Right. And then when, we're, when we encounter the struggles, that's where the choice comes from. Uh-huh. But the struggle itself is from above. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, Absolutely. That doesn't take us to that place of Hashem wants us to sin. Right. Yeah. Now, but to continue that is the struggle <clears throat> is for us to grow. And we need for our soul to cool. We have to do that place. So what it connects what you were saying, that Hashem knows from beforehand that we need to go into that struggle in order for our own specific... The, in, in other words, so let's define that. Hashem knows beforehand, this is what I need, and I believe in a loving God. Therefore, I believe He already planned a way for me to get out of this. Chazak mm-hmm. yeah. Not get out. Let's use a better word. Get through. Resolve. Elevate, 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 take up, to elevate. Yeah, he already created a way for me to, uh, to know how to learn from what I'm going through and take life up a notch and not just get out. It's good, it's a good deal, not just get out. That would be very shallow. It's like the Nisionos in life we went through, 
Hashem figured out a way that I can get out of it. Escape. Escape, right. I'm escaping and I don't have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. If it came to your plate, it's for you to deal with. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's, let, let's go forward. And that's a pretty big mantra to approach. I mean, when these situations befall us, or it's a very big mantra to keep in mind that. Uh, I would say that the mantra is a thing that should be said before you go into it. When you're in it, it's very hard. Very hard to be like, what did I learn in Reb Tzadik? Oh, right, he says there's a way for me to elevate this whole thing. It's it's like, it's got to be my... Uh, again, Reb Tzadik, this we're titling this year, Reb Tzadik knew who he was. If I know who I am, and I am this this figure in this picture, that means every single day when I say all the brachas I'm saying, what my kavanas really are is that... And no matter, no matter where I get schlepped to, whether it was stuff that I could clearly see was my bechira, or things that were thrown on my on my lap, I play because I believe there is no such thing of being in a relationship with a God that throws you into a situation that says there there is no way to. There is no way out of here, and there is no way to lift this up. You know, let's let's do something very simple. Think of one thing right now, a situation in your life that you've been tangled up with for God knows how long, that you have not seen any way out of. It just doesn't seem... You've, you've, you've thought of so many different things, and at a certain point, you kind of like, hey, I'm telling you, I'm, you, 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 you're like, it's just not meant to be for me to grow out of this, grow from this... I'm stuck with this. And then you think of what does that mean about my relationship with Hashem? I hold Hashem accountable for that, whether I realize it or not. I hold it against God. And when you start to think about it, and I don't want to do it too much because then it's a very heavy exercise, you realize you're holding, there's a lot of resentment. There's a lot of resentment. Tzadik saying there's no room for resentment in the relationship with Hashem. If you have resentment with God, it's not God who you have resentment with. Because that's not God. It's an illusion. It's not God. Emuna, knowing who I am, knowing myself means whatever this is that I got stuck in or that caught me, there was already a plan before I got in here for me to shine and lift this whole thing up much, much, much higher and much brighter. Okay, let's, let's go forward. This is from another piece from Hesefer Pritzadik. Tokif. This is so beautiful. Tokif, this is what we're saying now about this place of emuna that's in us. Tokif nekudat emuna shebemaamakei halev shebechol ish Yisrael iyevshay lehaziza ulehasira klal. This nekuda. Now, the Alter Rebbe would explain this. What would he call this thing? He would call this place called Ahava Mesoteris, which means embedded love. This means there's a nekuda of love we have to Hashem. There's a nekuda of emuna that Reb Tzadik is saying that we have in the depth of each Jew's heart that cannot be moved, cannot be touched. Nothing, nothing can take it. <clears throat> nothing can move a Jew away from it, and that's why all the all the svarim we learn. And all of the tzaddikim are trying to do all the time is simple. Bring us to this nikuda. Bring us to this place. Attach us to this place. 
And that's why sometimes, you know, over the years, I'm sure so many of these turtles seem so repetitive. Well, they better be. Because if it's Eitz Chaim, let it be as repetitive as, as, as needed. Until I grab on. Eitz Chaim hi lamachzikim ba. Until I grab on to this Nekudah of Emes. So that's what he's saying. Tokif again. Tokif Nekudata Emunah. What's a good word for Tokif over here? The conviction? Not really. But you know on milk cartons, right? Paga Tokif, right? Expiration. Expiration, right. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean expiration. Yeah, validation. Condition, validation. Duration. Well, it doesn't end. So it's not, I mean, it's an never-ending duration. I mean, Very good. Okay, let's go there. Unasanet tokef. Tokef means, like, bring now the tokef, the the power. Yeah. Kedushat hayom. Bring this, we're giving overnight the potency. The tokef. So this strength of the nekuda of emuna that's in the depth of every heart, of every Jew, you cannot, it, it's something that can't be touched. Baal korcho. Something happened at Har Sinai. What happened at Har Sinai? There was an acquisition that took place in our hearts where the Shoresh of being, of the holiness of being a Jew, we all, when we said Nasev and Ishma, Hashlem Zehakinyan. That was a kinyan, that's an acquisition that we did. So a person can say, listen, that means I'm good. Why? Because this exists in me. And then what could it lead a person to then say about their orachayim, their lifestyle? It's all good. Why? Because Rav Tzodik says, and Tzodik can say, Afal pishachata Yisrahu, it doesn't matter, I'm still a Jew. Um... This is not to sound, this is just a very clear warning, okay? Bemet, I have to be very careful because I've been asked so many times this last week who I'm voting for. Um, and, and even one party, I didn't even tell you, one party called when I was away and asked to, if I could, uh, you know, like, because a lot of different public figures are, you know, taking stands and there's, there's, there's times for that. There's people that should be doing that, but there's people that really shouldn't be doing that also. So, and that's us. <laughs> that's me. But, and that's why I'm, I'm clarifying what I'm saying right now. It's a very Purim Dika energy when the Prime Minister of the State of Israel has said repeatedly that all he has to do in order to be Jewish is to be born Jewish. After that, there's nothing really he has to do in order to be Jewish. Now that's a very, it's a very, it's a very, um, it's a very dangerous statement because Aleph called it's not true. We have converts, so that's Aleph. That statement isn't true. Bet is that that's the end of Judaism. That's the end of yeah. You realize that's the end of Yiddishkeit. It's the total abuse of this statement, right? Here he says, yeah, what does that mean that you're born Jewish? It means that your grandparents stood at Mount Sinai and they said Nasev and Ishma. That's what it means that you're born Jewish. That's what it means that you're born Jewish. So Rabbi Tzadok is saying, 
Don't rely on that to get out of jail whenever you need. Embrace that mitziut to be the sweetest Jew that you could be. Embrace that reality. Embrace that emet to take your life to be as beautiful as it could be. But don't use it in order to basically just use it as like being a cop-out and saying, listen, honestly, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Again, when you know who you are, you don't abuse the gifts that were given to you. When you really know who you are, you don't take the natural gifts that you have, the inherent gifts that were planted in you, you don't take it for granted. You always look to elevate it and take it to the next level. That was my non-politics political spiel for today. Now, this bottom paragraph may be the most famous paragraphs of all of Reb Tzadok's teachings. All of them. It sums up everything we learned right now, uh, this morning. And I'm sure you've seen this paragraph before. It is, you can't really, in today's day and age, in any type of, um, in any type of emuna or ashkafa, shir or series, you can't not learn this paragraph. Very famous paragraph from the book Tzitzka Satzadik. Look at the bottom paragraph. Keshem shitzarich adam lehamin bashemit barach. Now, let's, uh, what's the most important word in this, in this sentence so far? What do you think is the most important word? Hmm? What else? What else? I'm obviously trying, you know. What else? You can go through the sentence, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's the deepest, yeah. To anyone that has Hebrew, easy for them. Okay, I'm going to read the I'm going to read the statement again. Keshem shetzarich adam laamin ba'ashemit barach kach tzarich achar kach laamin ba'atzmo. What did you say? Keshem. This is a very. This is. This is. I know. What is? What is? Whenever I ask a question like that, it's always not what you meaning. Never answer. Or sometimes it actually really is. Whatever. <laughs> it's your... You show up. It's not... No one forces you. Keshem. Keshem. Whenever I've read this paragraph, I've focused on this first word, and I realize I don't believe it enough. Because if I believed this enough, I think I personally would be much, much, uh, much more of a... Uh, that's the right word here. Huh? A person who knows who I am. Yeah, 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 I will, I will. Kashem means just like, just as. Okay? Just as. Not ktat. Kashem. Just like a person has to believe in Hashem, so too a person must believe in themselves. So we have this weird relationship with emuna. That emuna means, like when someone says, are they a mamin or are they not a mamin? That usually refers only to one thing. Do they believe in God? Reb Tzadok says, sorry, that's not, how, that's not how it works. You know, it's Parshas Narch. It's perfect to say this because there's a diuk in Rashi. 
it's a very interesting deal. We brought this down in Evan Shlomo and Shmos. It's, it's a very interesting thing. The Torah says about Noach Noach Ish Tzadik. Tamim Ebed Rashi says Mamin Ve'eno Mamin. That he believes a believer and a non-believer. How could you say about Noach that he's a non-believer? <coughs> you know how many years he built the Teva for? 120 years he's building. He didn't believe. But he was like, I'm going to build today. I'm not sure it's really going to happen. And then tomorrow he said the same thing. And then 70 years later he was like, I'm still not sure it's going to happen, but I'm still going to build. Not Pitom. So the diuk there is ma'amin ba'ashem ve'eno ma'amin ba'atzmo. What didn't he believe in himself? That if he would daven for it to not happen, that it would have any effect on the world. So Reb Tzodak is saying over here something, I mean, he, because he says, kishem, that, that to me, like if he just says, tzarich adam le'amin ba'atzmo, or tzarich adam le'amin ba'ashem yidbarach, v'chen tzarich le'amin ba'atzmo, that I would understand that to mean a person should. Should. Or they need to. Kishem means whatever concept in your mind you have of believing in God, or that you define yourself as a ma'amina, as a believer, so too, so too, mamash, is the same inyan with believing in yourself. But what's the difference? He's going to say it next sentence. That's a good question. We were just going to get to that. What's the nafkamina? What does it matter? What does that really mean? What does that really mean? What's the difference between the two? Very good. Lehamin shenafsho mimekor achayim idbarach shmo. To believe that a person's soul is rooted from the source of life, blessed be his name. Vashem idbarach mit aneg umishtashaba. And when you do that which you, the real you, really wants to do, when you end up doing what you, the real you, really wants to do in this world, it says, Hashem mishta'asheba. It's like, you know, a shashua is like a toy, right? Hashem Ibarach delights, he has pleasure with the piece of him that is doing exactly what that piece of him wants to do. And there's no greater joy in the world. Okay, so let's go back to your question. So what's the difference? For a there wouldn't be. Hmm? Like for a there wouldn't be a difference in the sentence. Of course not. Because the only only him or her Mm. that they refer to is Hashem anyway. Mm. Right? Mm. Do you understand this? I mean, it's a little bit far out. It's pretty out there. You you, you get it. Like, what, what 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 is basically, what are you, what are you driving forward? People live in this thing, there's Hashem, and then there's, there's me. And when I talk to Hashem, it's there, and then there's this entity. Right? Do, do, you know who ha- do you know who's smiling when we talk like that? The snake. The snake is like, wow, it worked. <laughs> it worked. Thousands of years, people are still referring to God as, it's that person. You call it entity, but it's that person, right? And me, I'm something else. So therefore, for it's just like a person has to believe in Hashem, so too they have to believe in themselves. The tzaddik saying, what self is there other than the Hashem that exists inside of me? What other self is there? But there's a process that needs to, a person needs to go through because 
Well, he's also under the assumption that not everyone is tzaddikim. But even us, even the tzaddik, I would say, But we're not tzaddikim gedolim. You have to first believe in Hashem in a way where achakach you can believe in yourself the way you believe in Hashem. What's the difference? Because you're saying uh, um, that that Hashem is happy when a person does what he wants to do, but what you want to do can not necessarily be what wants you to do. No, so the, the diuk is, but I was, what I wanted to say is, when, a per, when it's clear to a person who they are, all the stuff we read until now, right? we learned until now, when it's clear to me who I am, who I really am, when I end up doing what the real me really wants to do in the world, there is no difference. It's the same. And owning that responsibility is the greatest pleasure in the world. As heavy as it may feel. Bidiuk, 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 nachon. That's an amazing thing. Like, to, to believe, like, believing that when I find out who I really am, that I'll end up doing the stuff that I really want to do, that that brings God the ultimate pleasure. What, what a gift, how amazing it is to go through life with that consciousness. But but it's, I, I, I know I know what you're saying because because no no but that's a very good thing like let's think about who's Ratzon? Or not typically, meaning. And hopefully, our is. Hashem. Hopefully, our ratzon is Hashem's ratzon. But if I, if I, if I, if I go up this ladder that Reb Tzadok placed for us, and eventually my 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 zehut, my identity, is crystal clear to me, there's only one ratzon. Ein od milvado, ein od milvado. There is no. I don't. My that ratzon. You know how beautiful it is to stop doing something that you know is wrong, because not because it's wrong, but because you actually don't want to do it? Do you understand the difference? Yom Kippur is supposed to, the, the, culmin, the, whole, the, whole, uh, the whole wave, the whole rhythm of Elul and Tishrei, is that when I get to Yom Kippur, I realize not only am I not going to do this anymore, I never wanted to do these things in the first place. Whose ratzon is that? Whose ratzon is that? When I, what I just said at the end. Well, it should be the alignment of the two. Right. It's my well, real ratzon. It's my real ratzon. Like, when I really, really know who I am now. It's true. It's a process. Nachon. It has to start. Reshit chokma, yirat Hashem. It has to start from a place of, like, the world is bigger than my limited perception. What's happening to me in my life there's bigger things than just my limited perception of why things are happening to me. <laughs> Bittel 101. Hachna'a. Hachna'a. I'm, I'm giving up is not the right word. Submitting myself to a bigger, much better. Bittel, anava. That's, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of the process to the place that I get to that 
this is actually what I want to do in this world. I think that with the closest we can we could um, we can understand this is that <clears throat> I'll give you an example. I'll give you a personal example that happened a few years ago. I forget in what context it was. My father needed something done. I don't remember. I really, if, if I'm not, I'm, I really don't remember what the context was. Just that he needed something done. And my father said. Um, he knew that it would be a hassle for me, or it would go out of my way, or I don't know what it was. Now, I told you so many times that my father's father, who I'm named after, died when my, when my father was, after his 14th birthday. And he was raised here alone in Eretz Yisrael as an orphan. His mother stayed in, in Buenos Aires. So I looked at my father and I said, Abba, I can make this really easy for you right now. You want to see? What would you do right now if you could give Zaidi Shlomo Dumatova? If you could give him a favor right now? What would what would what would you do if you could just give him do him one favor? So I'm not waiting for a mitziut of asking those questions of I'm living that now for the, this now. And then basically he was not that he was like, okay, so now go do this and this and that. It wasn't that it basically he understood like that yeah, that that's in the Whose ratzon, whose ratzon did I do at that moment? My father's ratzon and my ratzon were one. They, it's a good word what you're saying. They were aligned. They were aligned. Because when I realized what I really want to do in this world, and we don't have these moments all the time. That was just a very... It's a very special moment. We don't have these moments all the time. But when those moments become clear to us that this is actually who we really want to do, and this is who we really are, there's no milchama either. There's no war. It's not hard. It's actually not hard to like do the right thing. It's not like a hard thing. It's like you see tzaddikim, you're like, how do they do this? How do they do? Because it's not. Hard. It's it's actually not hard for them. It'd be murder or torture for them to not do this because this one ratzon is exactly who they are and it's what they want to be we have periodic moments where that gets clear to us so the joy of of tshuva the joy of tshuva like the simcha of tshuva which is what we're now like you know breathing in after a whole two months of of living in this you know, beautiful world of Elul and, and, and Tishrei the joy of tshuva is I think exactly what, he, what he's saying over here is that like the point of this whole thing that we went through right now is to get to this place the more so what what is the more that you do in this context the more you do what so the more that I believe that Hashem believes in me, the more that I believe in myself, the more that I believe that the real me really is someone that wants to do good, the easy, the, what, what, what was your line? The easier it becomes. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. Right. And it, it gets deeper and deeper. It's just that certain things we struggle with, now we won't struggle with as much later on in the process. Certain things. And that's a, and, and this is a, Reb says, but you can only do this stuff, and, and it only works when you know who you are. So go back to the beginning, the top. 
That's what I wanted to get to. You know what the greatest joy is that doesn't have any pain with it? When you know who you are. When you know who you are, ein simcha, zeu simcha she'en etzev ima. That's a simcha that doesn't have any sadness to it. Nothing. There's no sadness in knowing who you are. At all. Especially, you know, the way that he described it here. There's no sadness. Now, Reb Tzaddik says, therefore, look at, I mean, he's not saying this, I'm paraphrasing, he's saying, now look at my life. Look at my life. Look, what, look at the things that I went through. You may think that it was such a sad journey because of a lot of weird things and a lot of difficult things to understand. And a lot of, remember, he became an orphan at a very young age. His uncle, who he lived by, moved away out of, out of the house and never came home. Reb Tzaddik had a dream. He found out where he was living. He found him, all these craziness. Reb Tzaddik saying, but the whole time, I was learning Dvar Hashem. I was learning God's word the whole time, and it was connecting me constantly to who I really am, and therefore, I was able to go through all of it, and there was no Eitzev. Why? Because I knew who I was. So I want to give us a bracha and the schus of learning from this tzaddik of simcha, because this is what this is the point of it, like real simcha. Simcha she'ein etzevima. There are plenty of things that the simcha, the way it is, it is bittersweet. It's true. And next week we'll be learning something, probably the next side of the page, where Reb Tzaddik says, and then there's moments in life that you're gonna to have to really hold on to what we're saying right now because it looks like everything is bitter. But I don't even want to start that because I want to give that at least a full shear, that whole concept as well. So we'll, we'll keep on developing these core principles of, of Yiddishkeit through Reb Tzadok Machshava. We should have a lot of Siyat Dishmaya on the way while we do it. Okay, Shekhoyat Gitshabis, everyone.